Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I think all of us will relate to, and that is imposter syndrome. Now, I actually did an episode about like how just being human makes you susceptible to imposter syndrome, but given that we have made over a hundred episodes, and that one was from back in the day, it just felt relevant to bring that bad boy back around again because, um, you know, I talk to people every day, including myself. Yes, I do talk to myself sometimes. And I know that this is something that we get to um, contend with and look at uh, all the time because, like, it's one of those, it's one of those things that doesn't go away even as you evolve and grow and gain more confidence and up level and all those awesome things because every single time we reach a new level and then we want to go to another level, we're going to experience it. So we'll we'll have a juicy conversation about that today. And before we do that, I do want to say that at the time of this show coming out, we are right around the corner from Passionate and Prosperous Live, which is our epic two-day event that is happening here in New York City on October 27th and 28th. And uh, if you're listening and you are thinking, you know what? I think I just need to like jump on a plane or a boat or get in my car or, you know, whatever you want to do, hot air balloon, like however you want to come to New York. If like you hear this and you're like, you know what? I want to go check, check in, see if there are still seats left in the room. We are, we have more people at this moment. We're still, when I'm recording this show, we're actually still almost a month out from the, from the event. And we have more people already in the seats than we had last year for the very first one. Um, But if you want to come check in with us and see if there's still a seat there, I'm sure we can make room for you. If you want to do virtual, there's definitely a seat there because the Zoom room has no walls. And so we've got plenty of room for you there. Um, We are doing virtual. There, There will be access to replays. But Listen, you guys, I've really been preparing for this event and really, you know, just what happens as I lead up to something like this is I just try to like fill my soul with what we're going to be doing and talking about and have it like oozing from my pores and like feeling it in my bones. And what I can tell you is that more than ever, I just feel like I am stepping into 
my leadership as as someone who really believes that that you can create a really human-centered business. And there's just so much now. There's so much. I feel like I'm in an, in, in an industry where there are so many people out there telling everyone and their mother that they can be an entrepreneur, um, that they can sell courses online, um, that they can have all of these revenue streams with passive income. And, you know, look, obviously there are people who make a lot of money with passive income and stuff, but I just believe in my soul that you're not getting the whole story and that especially for what we all do that listen here, we're we're working with clients. We are providing the transformational, you know, experiences for our clients to get results. And that is a human-centered business. And therefore, you get to do business in a human-centered way. And if you come to Passion and Prosperous Live or anything with me, to be honest with you, but that's what's coming up. This is the focus of what we do. I don't want you to feel that the only way for you to have a business is if you post nonstop all day, every day on social media. That is not a business model I want for myself. And I don't think that most of the people who listen to this show want that as their business model. And so if it's, if that's not it, then it's got to be something else. And what that else is, is you really delivering the services, the goods, the stuff by doing, you know, your workshops, your talks, your events like I do, you're, you know, you getting into conversations, you talking to people, you having those discovery calls, and then you getting right in there with your clients and working with them and delivering the services and delivering what it is that they need in order to get what they want, right? And that you're there with them. And, you know, this is so deeply who I am. And I think that that it's really easy. And we're going to talk about comparison in this episode. I think it's really easy to get caught up in comparison. And when so many people are claiming that they are like, you know, crushing it and making bajillions of dollars and, you know, and they're just, there's so much available, I'll call it noise for one second, um, of what you hear other people saying that they're having and doing and whatever. I think it's really easy to think that you should be doing it that way or a different way than the way that you're doing it. And I, I can get that thing happen to me too, where I'm like, wait a minute, am I like a weirdo for showing up on my podcast and in my academy every week and literally still being here going, but wait a minute, Business is human, human. I want to work with people. I, I The reason I don't even teach yoga at this moment is because once the, the pandemic hit, I personally did not want to teach yoga on Zoom. I only like teaching yoga when I'm in the room with people. I need to be with people. I don't want to sell pre-recorded yoga courses, just like I don't want to sell pre-recorded business courses. I mean, I have a couple of things that like people can buy, but that's not what I want my whole business to be made of. I don't have any interest in that. I want to be here with you uh, on the podcast, in the academy, on my client calls. I want to talk to people. And you know, when I talk to people 
twice, sometimes more about working together. And then they end up being like, a, you know, not right now, I can't afford it, or I need to wait till I can, you know, save up the money or whatever. I never think that they wasted my time or that, or that man would have, you know, I can't believe I talked to that person for all this time. And now they're not working with me. I mean, I can feel a little like bummed. I'm bummed for them. I'm bummed for me. But I still wouldn't change the way I do business. And so if that resonates with you, you need to be in the room with us because, because we're a dying breed. We're a dying breed. There's just everyone out there just wants to do everything faster. And, you know, and, and it's all about how much money you can make in the shortest amount of time. And, you know, and almost like it doesn't matter how you make the money. And that's, I think that's probably my biggest issue with everything is I want to make a lot of money, but how I make the money is just as important to me as like how much money I make. And I think that that's where I'm starting to realize that I have to take a stand for the kind of business I want and what I have and know that there are other people like you out there that want to have the same thing. And what that means is that we want to make money, but how we make the money really matters to us. And I know I want to make the money by knowing that I'm having a real impact in people's lives, that I'm really helping people, that I'm really teaching them, that I'm really providing unbelievable value, and that I'm not going to walk away until I have, until I am convinced that the person has received the value. And um, that's just who I am. And I'm, I'm, I'm just learning that right now in the industry, in this, like in entrepreneurship, in business coaching and mentoring, in, you know, the online business world, that it is a dying breed to be someone who actually cares about how you make your money and that the way that you get paid is in a way that feels satisfying and fulfilling that you're actually impacting um, the people that are spending the money to have what you're offering. So, okay, I'm on my little virtual, it's not really a soapbox. What is a soapbox anyway? Not on a virtual soapbox, but I'm a virtual something, and I'm going to step down and talk to you about imposter syndrome. Uh, So October 27th and 28th, Passion and Prosperous Live right here in New York City or in your comfort of your own home on Zoom. Um, But I think it's not to be missed because this is what I'm going to teach you and keep teaching you until maybe, you know, like, I don't know, I become a different person, which I hope never happens, which is how to have businesses that are built on human, on human interaction and, and on loving that, loving it. Not because like, you just don't want to spend money on ads and automations, but because it's how you want to do business. All right. So why am I coming in to talk about imposter syndrome when, you know, we've talked about it before Because it's not a like one and done. It's not a, you know, overcome imposter syndrome, listen to one podcast episode, everything is all better, it's all fixed, and, you know, your brain is like rewired and upgraded, and your belief system is completely restored to some pristine, amazing belief system that only believes in your abundance and success and how amazing you are and how everything's available to you, right? There's no way that we can do that. Like, it's not a one and done. It's it's like your brain is out there working, right? Working in the field of of life 
and therefore it's going to need to be to be restored. It's going to need to be um, fed and nourished, right, and taken care of, or it's going to go rogue and it's just going to, you know, torture you, right? That's just how human brains work. Not only your brain, but all of our brains. Um, imposter syndrome, you know, is it's kind of like this. I was talking to someone today about how like there's all these labels for things that we now like, especially those of us in the coachy world, right? And in the personal growth and development, we're like imposter syndrome, scarcity, uh, you know, like, like all of these, the perfectionism, um, introversion, like all these things that we like label ourselves as. Um, but of course, it's because we need and want a way to articulate or describe what might be happening in our brains and bodies when we realize that somehow we've slow we're slowing down or we're you know feeling quote unquote stuck or we you know reach a plateau or we're in massive resistance or we're procrastinating or we're not doing the things that either we say we're going to do or that we really want to do or that our mentor or coach tells us to do. Um, And, you know, and we just recognize that we're being held back by something. And so we need to put these words on it, right? Because otherwise it's just like a weird phenomenon. Like what is this weirdness when you want to do something and you don't do it, right? Like why? And so we put all these names on them and it, you know, it's fine. Like imposter syndrome is a legit real thing. And it's one of the reasons why in the Passion and Prosperous Academy, you know, one of the, the um, paradigms or the agreements, I call it, right? We have five agreements in the Academy. One of the agreements is, you know, you are pre-qualified by the universe because if you didn't if, if you, we don't say that, you're going to be able to come up with every reason why you're not qualified to do the work that you do. You're going to, and that's what we're going to talk about are the symptoms. Like how does imposter syndrome show up? What are all the different little funny ways it pops up like a, like a gopher <laughs> out of a hole, right? Or a mole, whack-a-mole. Remember that game, whack-a-mole? Um, it's the same thing. These things pop up right? And you hit it with a mallet and then it pops up in another spot. And so we'll talk about all the pop-ups for today, right? So, you know, even the most successful and competent and like motivated and and like productive people, right, um, can get bouts of imposter syndrome. And even when you are successful, when I'm successful, right? One of the, one of the number one ways that, that we foster, right? An imposter syndrome um, mentality is, is by not taking credit for our own success, (laughs) but actually like constantly assuming or telling everyone that somehow it was like luck, right? Or a fluke. Flukiness is such a big thing, right? In entrepreneurship, we convince ourselves that like the things that happen for us and the the things that that you know that we get and that we create and that we actually achieve that they're flukes, they're accidents. There's some sort of like weird recipe that you could never repeat because it wasn't intentional and you don't know how to do it and la 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 la, right? Or you even look at other people and you're like, they're so lucky. 
they're just lucky. I'm unlucky, right? So this is a version of imposter syndrome, you guys. It's literally a version of, of coming up with a reason that our that that we're already that we've arrived that we're already good enough or that we are already you know having some sort of um reason for other people to see us as competent and successful or an authority or whatever the word is that resonates with you so why do we get this like what where does where does this come from right well you know there there's a lot there's a lot that goes on um in our everyday lives at this point that lends itself really well or that contributes really well to us experiencing a feeling of that we're not either not who we say we are or that somehow we're fraudulent, like that we don't have a right to charge people for our services because who am I? Who am I to do that? You know, or we compare ourselves to other people who do something similar or the same thing. And we go, oh, they have a a PhD and I don't. Or, oh, they had 10 years. I did this, just so you know. They had 10 years of experience, um, you know, working in corporate in this one thing. And now that's why they can be such a a successful uh, entrepreneur at it. But I don't have that 10 years of experience. So who am I, right? Um, There's even like a, um, a, it's like a, a legacy, right? An ancestral legacy that we carry forward, which is like, if, if the lineage uh, uh, that we come from, our family, um, you know, the people that came before us, if they didn't get to achieve certain levels of success that we would like for ourselves, or maybe even that we're experiencing, again, there's this, there's a feeling of, um, you know, that there's, that there's maybe going to be um, some sort of a consequence if we actually own, uh, you know, our brilliance, uh, if we've surpassed or left anyone behind, somehow that's going to backfire. It's going to be bad. It's going to make other people, you know, or we're going to go, wait, how is this even possible? That's not true. I couldn't possibly be the one out of my family to do this, right? So we sort of hold on to those um, legacy ancestral stories about what about what we can do, you know, what we're allowed to do, or what or what we have the right to do, or what we could possibly be good at, or make success out of, if those that came before us were not able to do it. So why would we? Um, and then there's you know a lot of us that experience imposter syndrome are the perfectionists. Now, again, all of this shit stems from like our fears. It stems from our upbringing. Not that our parents purposely did anything to like fuck our brains up. It's just what happens when you're living in an environment, right? If you can just imagine that you come into the world as a little baby and you're you're completely incapable of taking care of even one of your own basic needs, right? You come into the world and you are literally completely dependent on others for anything, for warmth, for food, for being cleaned, for not being covered in poop all the time. Um, You know, like literally, you can't do one single thing, nothing for yourself, nothing, zero for yourself. 
And so your entire experience of the world and others starts being formed by that and how you get your needs met and how other people see you and what they say to you and how they treat you. And, and our belief systems are so locked in so early because of all that, that those of us who grew up and we've got some issues with perfectionism, right? Um, I'm not going to say, hey, it's my mom's fault, you know, uh, that I have perfectionism, but we, we can definitely, it doesn't have to be a fault, but what we know is that like somewhere in that history of evolving into a, 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 you know, an autonomous human, there have been, there's a lot of influence in there and it can create a number of patterns or beliefs or stories that make us think a certain way, behave a certain way, right? So a perfectionist, the the form of imposter syndrome uh, that relates to perfectionism, right, is those of us that like we keep setting higher and higher and higher and higher expectations because we never get to the place where we believe that like we've done it or that it's good enough or that we're good enough, right? So there's always this underlying feeling of perfection is of, um, of imposter syndrome that's related to, well, I'm a fraud or I'm an imposter unless, and then we keep moving that bar. <laughs> we just keep moving it a little further and a little further and a little further and a little further forward, right? Why? To prove ourselves right, right? If I believe that I'm a fraud and I'm on the verge of proving myself wrong, I'm going to, I'm not going to want to be proved wrong. This is how, see what I mean by like human brains? I'm going to want to be right. And so I'm going to make myself right. And I'm going to move the bar just a little further, right? What are some of the other things that make us have imposter syndrome, right? Well, you know, one of the, one of the other things is that we, we convince ourselves that, you know, that what we do, that anyone can do, um, that everyone knows what we know. Uh, we get into sort of like a comfort zone where somehow we convince ourselves that like we don't have anything that everyone doesn't already have, know, or whatever, right? That's a form of imposter syndrome when you literally think about your, like your stuff, and uh, and then you think, well, I don't know. I got nothing. Everybody already knows this, right? That's a form of imposter syndrome. And then, of course, the like the comparisons that I started talking about earlier, you know, are brutal, right? It's just brutal. And we do it to ourselves. So, you know, you wake up in the morning and if the first thing that you do is look at your phone, go on social media and start seeing everybody posting about all of their amazingness, right? Like I'll just be totally transparent. Really, right before we started recording the show just now, um, you know, I got in the room in our recordings, our virtual recording studio, me and my producer, Will, and we always like catch up and chat for a few minutes before we start recording. And I just recently discovered, oh, I don't know if I said this on the show. It's so funny because I was like, make note, say this on the show. <laughs> and I never did. So I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember if I said it. I might have. I was listening to a podcast recently um, 
I was listening to an episode that someone I know was a guest on. And the guy in the beginning of his show, he said, and you're listening to, I don't know, whatever his show was. He said, and we are one of the top 2% on listen notes of all podcasts globally or something. And I was like, hmm, what is listen notes? And I went and looked it up. And so I will do the same thing. And you're listening to Passion and Prosperous. And we are in the top 2.5% globally of over 3 million podcasts out there in the world. Right? So, uh, so I listened to that. And, um, and that made me really happy. I mean, I looked at that and it made me really happy. And I thought, oh my God, I think this is good, right? Like, I guess it's good. 2.5%, top 2.5%. Someone's got to be in the 95. Someone's got to be down there, right? And so I was like, this is good out of three bazillion podcasts in the world. So anyway, I was riding on that. But then this morning, I was on the social and someone made a post about her podcast being like number 10 on this list and number 100 on this list and number on this list. And I was like, oh, I wonder what those lists are. And then, you know, I couldn't find it. <laughs> I couldn't find the list. And I wasn't looking to like hope she wasn't on the list. I was looking to see like what lists are out there because podcasting is like a very weird, um, a weird rodeo out here. You know, the metrics are hard to find. It's nothing like social media where you can literally see who liked your post, like who literally clicked like, right? You can't see that on podcasting. And so podcasting is this like very, very hard to measure um, thing. And I'm in it for the long run, right? I'm in it to win it. As you know, we just did our recently our, our 100th episode came out. But anyway, so I do like to look because anything I can get, any validation I might be able to find, I, I would like. I was about to say I need, but I would like it just to keep me fucking going over here, you know, talking to myself in my apartment in New York City, um, in my, you know, literally doing this for me. Um, and so anyway, so I couldn't find these lists that she was talking about. And instead of, you know, I don't know what why the brain works this way, but, you know, immediately I was on, I was like, well, she she's on some like super special list that I'm not on. I can't find it. I don't know what she's talking about. And I immediately, you know, felt like she's a better podcaster. Her, her, her podcast is more successful. Uh, you know, all these things and made it, you know, turned it into some way for myself to feel like an imposter. So the compare and despair is a real thing. And it's, and it's very related to imposter syndrome. It's like we use the comparison to prove to ourselves that we're not the real deal or that we're not enough or that we're, you know, we're pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, you know? So anyway, so imposter syndrome is real. And it also isn't something that like, it's not like an incurable disease. That's not what we're talking about here, right? We're having, um, we're, we're, we're talking more about how this is just an ongoing thing that we get to notice when our thoughts and energies start heading down a certain road or in a certain direction and that we can turn that bus around if we want to, right? We can turn that shit around. 
And it's not always like, um, you know, easy or immediate, but it is possible, right? And one of the things that we, that we can do is know where it pops up. Remember like the gopher popping up and, and then, and then be able to have some self, there's a little self-analysis here, a little self-awareness. And then of course, you know me, what I'm about to say, which is like, and then of course, this is why we have coaches, right? We have our coaches, our mentors, or even our therapists, right? For, uh, for a sounding board, for a conversation, for a reflection, uh, for someone to help us through those times when, where, when our brains are doing that, like that, the funky thing, right? Our brains are doing the funky chicken and we're like, okay, I'm going to like call in the, the guard to help me wrangle the chicken. Wow. That was quite an analogy and a visual. So hope you like that one. Um, wrangling chickens. We were, we go to this place in Cape May, um, New Jersey that we love, uh, called, um, uh, uh, Blue Plum Farm. It's a farm and they have chickens and, uh, it's a working farm. And one of the things that they do is they have real farm to table dinners there. And so it's like very Martha Stewart. You go and there's like cocktails and hors d'oeuvres in the garden. And then you sit down at these long tables that they've put the twinkle lights and, you know, it's served family style. And you're there with like all these other people who paid, they bought a ticket and you go to the farm and you sit and it's just so wonderful. But, you know, they have these chickens. So my favorite thing is when you drive in, you drive past the chickens. But the last time we were there, there was this teenage, I don't think he was a teenager. There was a boy, maybe he was like eight. Anyway, he was probably really bored at the dinner and he kept wrangling the chickens and we'd see him literally walking by like holding a chicken. (laughs) Clearly he wasn't hurting the chickens because I don't think the farm would have let him do it. But there, you got a little just stream of consciousness from me that wrangling chickens reminded me of, and it's probably why I brought up chickens not too long ago, seeing the chickens running around, needing to be wrangled. So we need support to wrangle the chicken brain. And um, and we can do that in any number of ways. But one of the number one ways is to like know how to self-analyze it and know how to do some stuff ourselves, right? How to maybe head it off at the pass or how to turn it around. So here are some of the ways that that imposter syndrome comes up a lot uh, in general for like the kind of people that I work with because it's going to show up differently for, you know, different people. So one of the number one ways that imposter syndrome shows up is a fear of actually charging like, and there's no right or wrong price for your services. I'm never going to tell you that, you know, that your price is wrong. But what I am going to tell you is that there are, each one of us gets to know what we feel we need to charge slash get paid when we're exchanging for money our services, which almost always involve 
more than one uh, thing. And as you know, if you listen to the show, I talk about time, energy, and money being our three most valuable resources. And then add in there your unique special gifts, your unique special talent, your signature transformational system, your offer that you've crafted and put together because you know that there's a way that you help your clients to get the outcomes that they really want, that you have a system. And all of those things are part of what people are paying for. And one of the number one things that I see happen among coaches and wellness experts and yoga teachers and service providers, all of us heart-centered, generous, um, we're high in integrity and don't want to feel like we're robbing people or that we're putting people in jeopardy by charging for our services, right? Like, and I know people that think that about any number, that they literally, you know, feel guilty or badly having, taking anyone's money, right? Especially if what you know is that that person doesn't have a ton of money or doesn't have, um, you know, unlimited resources or works hard for their money. And, and I've seen so many people afraid to charge, right, for their services because not only of what they envision other people's money situation is, but because they're having a bout of imposter syndrome and they're not understanding the worth of what it is that they are providing. That they're constantly saying, but I'm not a doctor, right? Like, let's just say you're a health coach (laughs) and you compare yourself and your skills and your value and your, you know, your services to a doctor and say, well, because I'm not a doctor, I'm an imposter. I'm a fraud. A a coach isn't a doctor and therefore I can't charge what I want to charge. I'm just giving you like a little made up example. So there's a lot of fear around owning or claiming the worth. And I don't like to say your worth, although you're tied up in that. But it's really important to remember that when our clients are investing money to work with us. They're not investing in us, our worth. They're not saying, hmm, let's see. It seems to me like you are worth uh, X amount of dollars. No. What is happening is that the person is, is, is understanding the worth or the value of what, it's gonna, of what it is that you're going to be providing, of what it is that's going to be happening or transpiring. And your time and your energy and your expertise and your services and your brilliance and your genius are worth something. And only you get to set that, that, uh, that price. You can definitely like try to understand what the market is for people that do something similar as you. But At the end of the day, the worst thing that you could do is look around at your peers or your other people that do something similar and decide that they can charge more than you because in some way, shape, or form, they're more the real deal or they're better than you or more qualified than you 
and you can't. That is one of the number one biggest forms of imposter syndrome is when you look at other people that do something like you or similar to you, and then you size them up and you make up all kinds of stories about like how much more deserving they are that they've put in a whole, you make up all the stories because you don't know any of this how long they've been doing it and how many degrees they have and certifications and experience. And they're putting up those testimonials and they're blah, 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 blah. And then what happens is you basically decide for yourself that they're better than you and therefore you're the imposter and you're the fraud. And you actually don't know anything about them and how they deliver their service unless you literally worked with them. Right? So not charging the value that you feel you should be paid, you know, not charging what you should feel you should be paid for your work, for your time. And what what that results in is you actually working with someone and not getting paid enough and then feeling resentful and then feeling miserable and then feeling like you should have charged more. So I think we all need that lesson anyway, right? Like it's not bad to like have that experience because hopefully that'll help you not have it again. But it does happen. Anytime you want to raise your investment, you're going to feel some imposter syndrome. The minute you establish a comfortableness with your investment or what you're charging for anything, The minute you want to raise that up and make it more, you're going to have to be confronted once again by some version of imposter syndrome. You can get over it, but it will probably rear its little cute little gopher head. Another way that I see people um, letting imposter syndrome get the best of them is, is avoiding taking opportunities or seeking them out, right? Or doing things in their businesses that have to do with like being visible out of fear, right? And so the imposter syndrome shows up as fear of what other people will think, that other people are not going to think that you're... um, legit or good enough to be saying what you're doing. Now we're not even talking about money. We're literally talking about you having an opinion or you putting, running things through your lens. And I think that this is one of the most crippling things that that can happen to you as an entrepreneur is you not, not believing that it's okay for you to have an opinion Now, it's true that we should not be like, you know, going against science. We shouldn't be, you know, operating from a place, a fraudulent place of, you know, telling people things that we know are not true or that can be proven not true, misinformation, um, you know, making shit up, right? That's like me going into a yoga class and, you know, like just making up stuff about the body because I'm like, I want to have a brand. I'm going to make the brand that, um, you know, that arms and legs work this way instead of the way, you know, all those 
doctors and scientists have been saying for all these years. So that's not what we're talking about. But the way that I started out this whole episode with my thoughts about human-centric business versus wanting to make money no matter what, like anyway, and listen, that's not only related to the online business world. This is like, you know, I think people have been feeling, um, uh, having feelings about how people make their money for a long time, right? Like we know that there's lots of specials on right now, like Dope Sick and um, the new one that came out that I haven't watched yet with another guy, um, you know, about big pharma and about, you know, drug companies making money, even though they know that people are getting addicted to their drugs and, you know, and overdosing and dying. Um, I don't think the online business world is quite that horrible, but, you know, I did start the show with an opinion about the industry, about being an entrepreneur, about doing the work that you love to do. And I think that if we shy away from doing that, that is a form of imposter syndrome. If you don't want to show up in your business and in the world and in your industry and be allowed to say what you think as if there's a right and wrong, and again, not not about things that there are right and wrong about, like science, but everything else, right? Your expressed opinion, your personal experience, the way you see things, the way that you think about things, um, the lens that you're using to convey, the way that you teach and explain, that's what makes you special and different and will attract your people to you. So if you're constantly afraid to do that and you're basically showing up online and in the world in this really, really like neutral, uh, generic way where you might be delivering, you know, smart, good information, but you're not coloring it and adding into it like your spin or your thoughts or your unique way, right, of helping people to use it or understand it, or if you don't have any opinions or ideas that I call it being a disruptor, right? Like it's disrupting for someone to keep showing up and saying like, I don't think you should do ads until you're making six figures at least, or I don't think you should, you know, get a website as the very first thing that you do in your business before you've really established your niche or your message or your signature transformational system, or know what the fuck you're doing, right? That's not necessarily like a web designer doesn't want to hear that shit. They're not going to like that I'm out here telling everybody don't get a website until you do X, Y, and Z. But I'm gonna, because I believe it. And I'm not telling you something dangerous. I'm telling you something that I think would help you. So when we're afraid to do that, that is a sign of imposter syndrome. When we want to just say what everyone's saying, when we don't want to stir the pot, when we don't want to like, you know, that is a form of imposter syndrome. So that's one, another way that it could be showing up for you in your business. Another way that imposter syndrome shows up is this sort of feeling that we're never ready. It's the over-preparation. It's the pushing off everything. It's the signing up for more stuff, 
before we've had any chance to test and implement from what we did, right? Like, a, oh, a this course, a that thing, a this in this investment, this free thing, this mentor, this coach, this person. And we're doing this like potpourri, melange of everything. And then we keep pushing off um, that opportunity to do a workshop, to do a talk, to, you know, show up on social media, to have an offer and really offer it to people and charge, you know, for it. Because we keep saying... I'm not ready. I'll be ready when. I still need more practice. I still need more preparation. I need more certificates. I need more degrees. I need more courses. I need more classes. I need more validation. I need more this, that, this, that. And what we do is that form of imposter syndrome keeps us in a vicious cycle of only being like being the student, staying inward, um, you know, just doing all the behind the scenes stuff, um, gathering more knowledge and information, which we don't even realize is no longer serving a purpose because you're so full and you're not using anything and you're starting to get like so many different angles and opinions that you're just, that you don't even know what to do. So you think that you're building yourself up and giving yourself more, you know, cred and confidence. But what you're actually doing is confusing yourself and dis- and sort of like um, uh, diluting what you've got by having too many different things and not really picking a lane and not doing the thing, which is to say yes before you're ready and to just do something. That is a form of imposter syndrome. You may not be literally thinking, I'm an imposter and therefore I'm going to like, you know, research this other course or this other thing before I even try the other shit that I've been doing, before I just work with people, before I just have a year under my belt of my business, before I, you know, have created five paying clients or before I've done X, Y, and Z, right? So it's this feeling that like, you're not even going to try because you're an imposter and you better prove something to you and all these unnamed people that are not even asking for proof, let's not forget, you're like going to prove something to the unnamed people. Oh my God. Well, do you think, how do you think that's going to go? You think that's going to go well? I don't think there's an ending to that story. Proving something to the unknown people. And it's like a weird, like, um, existential crisis book that we can write. Proving something to the unknown people. So of another form of imposter syndrome, I kind of started out by saying it, is that downplaying of every single achievement as if it wasn't you or wasn't real or was just luck or that you were in the right place at the right time or that, you know, it was a fluke and you can never do it again, Um, you know, and just constantly passing off, you know, the credit. Um, and, and, you know, you can, you can, um, try to trick someone into thinking that that's you being humble, but it's really, really important for you to know the difference between your being humble and your humility and you actually like not being willing to own your accomplishments and your, and your like expertise and your authority. And that even if, 
you would like more, even if you're like, you know, one day I'm going to get that, you know, like I'll give you an example for me. Like I want to get my hypnotherapy certification. I want to become certified in um, emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping. Okay. I want to do those things. I don't feel like I'm a fraud right now because I'm a coach, a high level mindset coach who doesn't also have those tools in her toolbox. I'm not thinking I must get those or I can't feel validated as a coach that I'll feel, you know, I'll only feel like I'm, you know, uh, uh, worthy of someone paying me if they know that I've got these like these these things like a like a certification in hypnotherapy or, you know, whatever. But would I like those things at some point? Yeah. But I don't have to let that make me feel like an imposter for today. I can have it be a yes and. I can have it be like, yeah, I'm already unbelievably skilled and qualified at what I do. I'm amazingly good at what I do, right? Not amazingly like it's a fluke or a surprise, but like, I mean, I'm really good at it because I practice and I do it <laughs> and I keep keep doing it and I keep getting better and better at it. And I also can even add more things and get better. But that doesn't mean that where I am right now is not already amazing and perfect. And where you are right now is amazing and perfect. And there are the perfect clients for you for where you are right now. You're not for everyone. We're never for everyone. And the other really interesting thing about niche that's what I'm talking about, is that we actually can become more right for, for, more, for different people as we evolve, right? I can support people, uh, coaches and entrepreneurs, doing things that I never could have uh, supported them, you, doing when I first became a business coach. But now I've done a lot and I've made a lot more money and I've done a lot more things and I have a lot more strategies that I know how to execute them and I know how to teach you how to execute them. And I can help you put on a summit. I can help you launch a group program and do all of these things. Well, I, I, I knew, could have you make the group program, but I've learned how to, you know, make launches and 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 grow audiences and, and do all kinds of uh, like you know, important business strategies that I didn't know, like, you know, a few years ago. So now I can support a higher level person than I could when I first started, right? And then finally, another way that imposter syndrome really, really comes out is this constant seeking of like validation or worrying that you're not doing things right, thinking that there's a right and wrong way and needing to like hear that the way you're doing it is right or not trusting yourself and, you know, thinking that if you want to do something by using like your intuition or by doing something because you just think that it's the way to do it, that's, that you're constantly questioning yourself and that you can't make a move without running it by someone or, you know, like getting some sort of approval or, or feedback on every little thing. Now, I think approval and feedback are really important. And that's why I'm a mentor. And it's why I want my clients to like, like be so happy that they have me. 
but we don't need approval and feedback on every single thing. Because if we are, when we cross over, there's this like tipping point. And when we cross over a certain point, we're going to be not, no longer looking for like helpful, like feedback, like where it's a dialogue, but we're constantly looking to, for someone to just tell us if like, if we're, if we're, you know, right or wrong, or if we're okay. Is it okay that I think this or do this? And that's very different than getting feedback, reflection, and sort of, and being in dialogue. Being in dialogue is really important. So I'm curious if you've identified that any of these things come up for you. If they don't, oh my God, (laughs) that's amazing. All of these things come up. They come up for me. They come up for all my clients. They come up for the people in the community, right, that I get to engage with that are not necessarily currently working with me, but that come to all my trainings and workshops and things that I offer and that are in my Facebook group. So what do we want to do about it? Like, what's the cure for imposter syndrome? Well, there's there's no cure for imposter syndrome, meaning that it's never going to come back. But one of the things that we could do is, first of all, like definitely tone it down, (laughs) right? And and not have it be like, you know, as like constant or in our face. We can sort of get it to a point where it just kind of like pops up, you know, when we're having a moment of vulnerability or when we're up leveling or when we're trying something new and then we know it's probably going to come by for a visit. And we just need to know what to do. So here are a couple of things that can really help us with imposter syndrome. Number one, we can definitely learn how to keep on uh, affirming our successes and all of our achievements. And you've heard me talk about this before, and I'm never not going to talk about it. I'm never not going to tell you that you should have whatever you want to call it, a brag list, a celebration list, um, keeping a file. Like, uh, like I haven't, I don't always remember to do this. I'm glad I'm reminding myself of it now. But and uh, a coach of mine um, originally uh, uh, told me to save emails. When people write me an email and telling me like how much they loved something or how much I helped them or how great. And this isn't only from clients. This is like just from people. Like sometimes someone will write me an amazing email about the podcast and taking all of those things and saving them in a folder so that you can go revisit those things in moments where you think nobody thinks that I'm good or no one's going to think I'm good or I'm not good enough. Who am I? I'm not an expert. I don't get results. So keeping a file, having a brag list for yourself, reminding yourself of how, of all the things that you're amazing at doing. I think that this is an important exercise to do like quarterly. Get out your journal, your notebook, right? Brag on yourself. We do this at every one of my big events. Because how am I supposed to help you to believe that you are already qualified to take all of those gifts and skills and expertise and mix it all up with your passion and all of your amazingness? And how else am I going to help you to like to to load up on? How am I going to help you to turn that into a business is what I was going to say. 
uh, if you can't, first of all, tell me all those things about you. So that's where we start. It's, you could call it whatever you want. I love calling it like looking for evidence, right? You're having a bout of imposter syndrome, turn into the best lawyer that's the, or best private detective and find all of the evidence that says the opposite. It's there. So you got to be an evidence looker, okay? Number two, learning how to reframe your experiences instead of seeing things as bad or failed or not or comparing it, right, to like the last time or whatever. You have to learn how to see every one of your experiences as an opportunity to like to, to figure stuff out, to learn, right? So if you're committed to seeing every single thing that doesn't go exactly as you hoped or as planned as a failure or that proof that you're a fraud, you're just going to keep proving that to yourself. But if you see every single thing that you do as an unbelievable act of bravery and courage that you took a chance to do it and put yourself out there and then get really curious about what you would do differently, if anything, or I like to call it a postmortem, like look at everything. I've got clients that sometimes, um, um, I know they just did something like two weeks ago and we get on a session and they're like not even talking about it. And I'm like, what, what about your thing from two weeks ago? And I'm like, we need to like break that down. We need to like talk about how it went. We need to know what the follow-up was. We need to know like what happened. What are we going to do? Just do that and now just move on to the next thing? So really being someone who doesn't look at like something that didn't, you know, like your numbers are going to keep changing in your business. The first time you do a talk or a workshop, two people are going to come. Then the next time you do it, five people are going to come. Then the next time you do it, 20 people are going to come. But if you look at the time that two people came as a failure and then you just want to like go run and hide and say that you're a fraud and an imposter and not look at how you want to get more people the next time, you're not going to be able to get more people the next time if you think you're an imposter and a fraud. You're only going to be able to get more people the next time if you go, well, I'm so proud of myself that I did that. And now I have something to work with and figure out how to make it better or get more people next time. The third way that you are going to work on your imposter syndrome is that you are going to do your affirmations and your mindset work to reinforce your amazingness. We must wake up every single day and affirm what is true about ourselves. Imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud is directly related to being more interested in what you in what you don't know or what's not true than in what is true. So if you wake up every day and you ask yourself what is really true and you really get really get comfy with what is true, really get close to it, you're much more uh, likely to be moving like with confidence 
and with believing in what's possible for you. I was in this musical years ago called Really Rosie. It's based on a Maurice Sendak book. I don't know if you know that book. I was obsessed. They made an animated cartoon series out of it um, that Carol King wrote the music for and sang all the songs. Um, it's where Chicken Soup with Rice, the song comes from. Um, anyway, I'll do a whole other episode on the on that <laughs> or not. But anyway, the 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 main character, Rosie, right? So the whole the whole uh, play is about this group of kids that live in Brooklyn, and they basically have like no money. And they have like nothing and they play out in the street like with each other every day. They, they, and they make up shows. And Rosie's got the most unbelievable imagination. She's just this like poor, you know, underprivileged girl in Brooklyn. And she, the, the title song is I'm Really Rosie. I'm Really Rosie. Right. And she's like, she's like a superstar in her mind, in her imagination. And whenever I think about like loading up on our amazingness, I very often think of Rosie. I really often think of like this this girl, this character that is defined by having the most unbelievable imagination about what's possible for herself. And you know, we in our community do exercises like about envisioning our future selves and loading up on like on 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 what'll be happening when we achieve this next goal we do all kinds of unbelievable future self work especially at my events and in my trainings at passion and prosperous live we absolutely do this kind of stuff in the room where you shift your nervous system to actually being able to see and believe like where you're going and what's possible for you. This is what counteracts imposter syndrome. It's it's allowing yourself to have enough imagination to see yourself in all of your glory, kicking ass, being incredible, having what you want, and matching your nervous system to that. So that when you're going out and taking the kind of action that you need to take that you might not feel like a big enough deal for yet, you've already taught your nervous system what to do. And you guys, this is what I do literally every fucking day because I do things that very often I could easily, if I allow it to take over, I could go, who are you to be doing it? I could do it with Passion and Prosperous Live. Who are you to invest $15,000 and upward to put on an event in New York City as if anybody fucking cares, like anybody wants to go and be, like, why are you spending all that money for that? Who do you think you are? You're not so hot shit. That's what my inner critic can do if I don't work on the total opposite, the polar opposite. Who am I? I'm Stacey fucking Brass Russell. And I can put on an event and people do want to come. That's when I look for the evidence. So we must do this work every single day if we want to keep expanding and evolving and growing in anything. You don't have to want to put on a big event like me. You could just want to like show up, you know, do a talk or show up on social media or whatever you want to do or go to a networking event and tell everyone what you do. 
But if you're not loading up on your success and you like really getting to do what you want and have what you want to have, your nervous system is always going to default to the low vibe and that inner critic and that imposter syndrome is going to come in and it's going to be able to like get its little, you know, gnarly fingers in you. So affirmations and mindset work. And then finally, mentor and community. And you're going to be like, oh my God, you just say that all the time. But listen, it is the real important truth. Having our coaches, having our mentors, being in community so that we're not just sitting alone by ourselves, convincing ourselves of of our piece of shitness, basically, which is what the human brain will do. Being imposters, hiding, shriveling up, wrapping ourselves in a blanket, putting on a hood, trying to be invisible, trying to make sure no one knows that like we we hoped that we could be a coach or, or you know, or a teacher or, or do something, wanting to make sure that nobody thinks that we thought we could do it and hiding out. And so the only way to not hide out is to have obligations to people that are going to hold you accountable and be like, you're not allowed to hide out. And hey, I see you and you are way, way more impressive than you give yourself credit for. And that's your coach. That's your mentor. That's your biz besties. That's your community. That's like what you need. And if you've got a story, I'm just going to come back to this. If you've got a story about why you can't invest anything, you know, I have people and look, I am not putting people down. I know that money problems are real. I've had them. I've lived day to day, week to week, month to month. I've done it all. So I'm not trying to say that money problems aren't real. But I also know that a lot of money problems are not necessarily like literally like I don't have a dollar. It's a lot of mindset stuff and fear. And what I'm telling you is that if you know that yours is fear of spending $97 to come to the virtual event of Passion and Prosperous Live or to spend $197 to be in the room and then invest in yourself and your business by, you know, buying a plane ticket and staying in a hotel room and knowing that that investment in yourself is going to pay itself back like a bazillion fold, right? That's something to look at working with a coach, work, you know, being inside of a community. Um, this is, this is the most important, it's more important to invest in that than, a, than, than, than in tech for your business. <laughs> like if you had to like put the order of things of what you should be investing in for your business, it should be support first because you can have a business without any fancy shit. All you need is an amazing offer, which is like literally something that you create and then a person who wants to pay you for it. So it all starts with that. That's what I mean by human business. One human doing business with another one. So in order to be the human that's doing the business, you got to do the mindset work first. You got to have, you got to have your people around you because you don't need anything else. And then once you you start getting your clients and you're making money, then you can be like, oh, it's time for me to add this or add that, or I'm going to take on this investment, or I'm going to scale in this way or whatever. 
But in the beginning, my friends, the biggest investment you can make is in yourself so that all of these things, the scarcity, the imposter syndrome, the fear, like you're normal. We all have those things. So the very first thing you should do is just be like, yep, fuck it. It, I don't want those things to hold me back. I'm going to put my shit in place first. So you want my recommendation? That's what I think. That's how I made my first six figures. Figuring some shit out myself with MailChimp and, you know, whatever. Doing everything myself. No virtual assistant. No fancy anything. But my coach. Not that, like, my coach did everything for me. But I'm saying that was the big investment. That was the investment. Until I was ready to make other investments. And going to events. I did it. I scrounged up every dollar I had to go to the live event. So you might not be listening to this in time to go to Passion and Prosperous. So I'm not only selling Passion and Prosperous live. I'm just saying in general, these are the things that you have to do for yourself. It's how you ignite your, your, your passionate spark. It's how you stay connected. It's how you overcome the syndromes. You know, it's not all about learning. It's not like you've got to go to these things and get a new certificate and learn something. It's that you got to go and like load up on you and do the work. Because all of your messaging and all of your offers and all of your brilliance and all of like what you're here to say and do, your voice, your authenticity, that all has to come out of you. And you've got to make sure that you've got nothing blocking you from doing that. Because the only thing blocking you from doing it is going to be something within you. So hopefully... These are some tools that you can use or some new ideas or ways to look at yourself and how this shit might be cropping up for you and what to do about it. And you may have to do something about it on many, many occasions. This is not, this does not mean that you're broken or that you're bad or that you're fucked up or that you've got problems or that you can never have a business. None of that. I'm here to tell you the opposite. I'm here to tell you, you can have all of the things that you want. And that there are ways to manage everything that feels to you like it is getting in your way. So, sending you all the love, as I always do. And if you are coming to Passion and Prosperous Live, I'm so excited to see you. It's coming up really, really soon. And uh, if you're listening to this in, you know, in another century, hey, this is what it was like to be alive in 2023. And... Um, hopefully there, there are many things for you to still attend with me because you guys, I do stuff all the time, right? But right now coming up is Passion and Prosperous Live and I am so there for it. And I hope you are too. I'll be in your headphones next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. 